Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line all the way from New Jersey, America. I don't know what town you're in. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com is on the line. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the actor studio uh, where we're going to delve deeply into the the just everything. <laughs> all you want to know about acting. Yes. Remember when they used to do the actor studio uh, sketches on SNL? Yes, but you know what? The actual like interviews people do with actors, like the actor studio type thing, because I know there was like an actual one of those. But just I just always find that stuff fascinating. Oh yeah, you know the late James Lipton was amazing with that with that show, and I actually uh, I stumbled upon a clip today where it was him talking to Steven Spielberg, and basically Spielberg realizing that like Close Encounters was a metaphor for his parents' sort of fractured relationship. Oh wow! I, I'm always interested interested in people's story and when they talk about their craft. Yeah, I and... mean, again, that's that's something that I love when I have the time to dig into that with someone. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I am appreciative for like getting even four minutes with a talent. Yeah. But I really like long form, like, okay, we're going to sit here for half an hour. I have questions and let's sort of, don't be afraid to dive into what you want to talk about. No, exactly. I love, that's why I love uh, Dave Letterman's thing on Netflix. I think that. Oh yeah. Dave Letterman, uh, who was in Iowa recently. Yeah, he was. (laughs) That, that store he was at is 10 minutes away from me. I drive by it every single day. Had I known. Did you drive by it on that day? Yes, I did. And had I known Dave Letterman was there, I would have stopped. I want to meet. He's one of the few. Like, I don't get real, like, starstruck by very many people. It's just never, like, the celebrity thing has never been really my thing. Like, I know there's people like, oh, my God, I want to meet uh, James Hetfield or, you know, whatever. Like, it's just never been my thing. So, uh, like, Patrick Stewart would be in that class. Dave Letterman would be in that class, to name a few. But it's just, it's... I I would be starstruck by Dave Letterman. Those are real big choices and real good ones, too. We had a joke for a long time, Moose and I, on the morning show, where we were trying to get Patrick Stewart to come on, and the joke was that uh, if we could get Patrick Stewart on the show, there wasn't anything left to do in radio. We were just going to be done. I remember you. I remember that. I love that story. And uh, we really had it set up to where if we interviewed him, we were going to take a week off and have them be like, we... We don't know where they went. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mike Rage from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit of time traveling this week, but uh, the main movie probably, I think it'll probably be the big one this weekend you have seen as of right now, and we're going to talk about it. New Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yep, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. In theaters now. I really want to see this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I you think do. this is a warm hug for anybody who's loved Ninja Turtles, especially it feels closer to the original Turtles cartoon. Okay. And the whole thing is, I like the fact that they actually have teenagers voicing the characters because yeah. it just the character it feels so natural. Like the teenage versions of the characters, you've got Jackie Chan as a wonderful splinter. There's just this beautiful humor and heart to it. And it's just, I'm so glad that we're in this age of animation where that seems to be something that a lot of people that do animated content or animated projects seem to remember these days. And it's not just that. Like if you ever watch Disney Plus's Bluey, that's another case where it's like, this is animation that's not trying to pander to adults with like off-color humor or cheeky jokes. Yeah. It's 
really ap- approaching the heart. Oh, it just you brought up Bluey. There are parts of Bluey because we we were on a Bluey kick for a little bit with Coop, where the mom or the dad will say something directly at the TV, and my wife and I will look at each other and be like, "Were they talking to us or the kids?" Where it's like you're doing a great job. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Bandit. I, I really needed that. But, yeah, and it's, again, it's the same story where Splinter is not trusting of the outside world. He doesn't want his boys to go out there. They proceed to go out there. Things start to happen. But it's done in such a non-atypical, it's, it's done in such an atypical way that it really is just, it embraces the story and it embraces the emotions to it while seeing both sides. I've just always thought whenever they do, uh, especially the last couple, like the animate, the last animated one that they did with uh, Patrick Stewart, bringing him up again, Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was fantastic. I know it didn't great get great reviews, but I always thought that was a really good Ninja Turtles story. Yeah, the, it feels like just Turtle, yeah. The, the... Uh, the the Michael Bay stuff, it was always like they they didn't get the turtles right in the sense of it didn't feel like kids. Like it, you have the name Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they didn't feel it was like, you know, middle aged mutant ninja turtles. Well, it was like the original movies. I mean, I love those original movies, but those were yeah, they're they're bigger turtles and they're more wisecracking and, and yeah. adult and edgy. But it was still, they did a, did a really good job with those first two movies. And it just kind of, they, they kind of got lost along the way, starting with the third one. And then, you know, who, like the, the animated one that didn't real that you mentioned that a lot of people really didn't see. And then Paramount ran with the two live action ones. And then it just kind of sat there. It's got to be one of those, it has to be one of those franchises that if you don't do it right, it goes wrong real quick, real fast. Right? Yeah. And. I am happy to say that it does not go wrong with this. This is <clears throat> the art style is really cool because it almost feels like part hand drawn, part claymation. Like it's just this blend of like imperfect. I don't really know how to describe it. It's just imperfect, but it yeah. looks cool. Yeah. No, I. I'm... It's not just high polish, high adventure. It's very down to earth and very cool looking, and does some really interesting things with the lore because there's some. There is a, a big difference between what you've seen in Turtles before and some of the characters you'll see in here. Okay. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. The other couple movies that we'll time travel for, uh, hopefully, uh, The Meg to The Trench, I believe, and then uh, the John Cena, Jackie Chan uh, movie on Netflix. Hidden Strike. Hidden Strike, which looks like an amazing throwback to like older action movies. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> uh, so we'll do some time traveling at the end to talk about that. Um, as we do make our way through the show this week, uh, has there been much? I, I've been really disconnected from everything this week. We've had a uh, big station event this week, so I haven't been reading everything. Is there? What's well, been the kind of the big story this week? Oh, yeah, just, you know, leave, leave it to me to be the professional and sort of pull all this stuff up while you're yeah. like, I'm going to golf and, like, I re- dude, drink and be a human. Dude, I reset the interview. You talk. How f***ing hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know we're friends. Yeah. 
But well, actually, something just oh, go on. No, first. no, 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 no. I was going to bring up the uh, the Barbie comparison video. I do want to talk about that before we're done. <laughs> okay. Well, something interesting that just came up was apparently, and this is one of those things where it's not totally confirmed, and you know, big trades haven't reported it yet as we're talking about it on Thursday. There is a podcast called The Hot Mic. And uh, entertainment journalist Jeff Snyder has claimed that Vanessa Kirby and Jack Quaid are apparently being lined up to play Sue and Johnny Storm for the new Fantastic Four. Who are they again? Oh, Say that again. Oh, and, and now they're saying Joseph Quinn will be Johnny Storm. So Jack Quaid is, um, uh, I forget it, the name of his character on Lower Decks. He's one of the leads. Oh, uh, Boiler? Yeah, yeah, Boomer. He was on the. Uh, he was recently on Strange New Worlds, but now they're saying Joseph Quinn uh, from Oh Eddie from Stranger Things might be Johnny Storm. Oh wow, that's crazy. But again, this is all this is all uh, what you call it. It's all hearsay. It's all those podcast scoopers, all those scoopers that like to go out there and say, "I'm hearing this." Wait, I'm hearing this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Cool, but where did you well, hear it from? Well, you br- you bring that up, but there's been a bunch. Of, I did see something else last night. It was the Spider-Man stuff that Sam Raimi and uh, Tommy McGuire and Tommy uh, McGuire possibly uh, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield getting together for another Spider-Man movie that would be seriously stacked. But I don't know if any of the reports are true. It was one of those, it was a leaked type thing. Well, there was also, I heard that Thomas Hayden Church, who played Sandman, talked that, about yeah, it on yeah, a yeah, podcast. Yeah, because yeah, I think someone someone must have heard something whispered from someone who's like, I think it'd be really cool if they did it, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Also, back to Fantastic Four, um, it was rumored, but apparently according to this Scoop, Matt Smith was rumored to be Reed Richards, but not cast, unlikely to be him. I don't hate that. Oh, I would. I'd love Matt Smith as as a Reed Richards. I kind of wish they would diversify the cast a little more because that's you know we're in that era, and it would be really nice to see different. You know, I heard some people. Oh, who are the other? There were some other really good contenders that were brought up for like. There's been a whole, but then again, there's a whole been a whole bunch like you could toss a, a rock to anyone, and they probably be considered. I get you. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Fantastic Four is one of those one. I see. I'm not a big Fantastic Four guy. Like that's just never been one of my favorite comics. It's never been my favorite. You know, characters. It the yeah. the I saw the uh, first two that kind of came out. I didn't bother with the second one or the third one that the 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 reboot or whatever. I just it, it's just. Oh yeah, I still haven't seen that either. <laughs> I see it. I think it's on HBO Max, and it kind of pops up from time to time. It's like, hey, I'm here. Hey, guys, guys. And yeah. that, like before, before the Snyder Cut of Justice League, before that, before that whole debacle came came to be, before or no, before the Whedon cut. Sorry, that was like the original. Well, can we see what they originally had planned? Where they're like, yeah, it's going to be more of a a, a horror themed thing, and and then of course you have director Josh Trank going from. Hot shit after Chronicle to fan-forstic killing his career, basically. Oh, God. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now as we talk about the world of movies. That's some of the news. Uh, One of the things I did want to bring up beforehand, and I'm looking for who uh, was the guy that did it, but I I stumbled across this on TikTok. Dude's name is, uh, it's at Pop Culture Brian. Is that a real thing? Pop Culture Brian or Pop Culture Brain? It's TikTok, man. Okay, whatever. Anyways, they have... 
they did a comparison. He's talking about uh, Barbie, and they're flashing stuff from Black Panther under under it. It's basically the same movie. Interesting. And it was one of those things you 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 watch it. And you're like, because you brought up one because I was t- telling you about it earlier, and you brought up one. And I'm like, oh my god, it's the same f-ing movie. Oh yeah, Cars and uh, Doc Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And that's because of my friend Kyle first bringing it up to me way back in the day when it was released. Like, he brought it up to me, and I was like, holy shit, you're right. <laughs> We're very cussy this week. Yeah. yeah I mean, if this was actually a live show, we would have to pay a lot. Nah, I'd be all right. We'd be podcasting, you know, where the real money is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, just going to spray on the air. No, no one really cares. You know, you throw a couple dollars there. Yeah, the yeah, you know, like, yeah, just, whatever. you know, yeah. Don't do it again. I know you're going to do it again, but don't do it again. But yeah, it's just one of those things. You, it's one of those movies where you're like, oh my god, it's the same movie. It's the same thing. It's kind of like uh, the the Spider Man uh, uh, Star Trek kind of copied Spider Man. Not the whole story, but the whole like uh, first Spider Verse movie, the glitching. Yeah. Characters from a different universe. They did the exact thing in in, in Star Trek uh, Discovery. Oh yeah, you did say that. I just think that stuff's fascinating when you see it, when you start doing it. Or uh, do you remember the the guy that took, excuse me, he was talking about, he was talking about A New Hope and The Force Awakens. And he was like, yeah, it's a brand new story about da 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 He lines it up and it's just, it's the same, it's the same movie. Yeah, but I, I feel like they kind of had to do that with Star Wars to bring everyone back. Uh, you know, no, true, true. Because we talked about this last week where it's like, the franchise is the steak. You can change the seasoning, but you still have to give me steak for that meal. Or, you know, whatever, if you want to do soup or whatever. I, I don't care. Or chicken. Mm. I, I don't know what your meat of choice is. I am I am a big steak guy. I like red meat. Oh, I'll always take a steak. Are you kidding? Dude, I haven't had a really good steak in a while. Oh, I you know, I, I wish you were out here because there's this wonderful restaurant. Uh, I got to look up their name now because I would love to, you know, <laughs> if anybody in Jersey happens to be listening to this, I would like them to actually be able to go. Uh, BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. Oh. I'll... They are, uh, it's a national chain. I don't know if there's any by you, but there's one by me. And on the weekend, they have a prime rib special. Oh. And this is not sponsored. I just like to share this knowledge with people because for $33, you get a prime rib, a soup or salad, two sides, and then they have this thing called a pizzuki, which is like a mini personal pan pizza size cookie oh my god it's so good and they have the pe- the peanut butter s'mores one is a seasonal pizzuki right now and it's so delicious what's it called again the pizzuki no the the restaurant uh bj's restaurant and brew house restaurant i'm looking it up uh restaurant and brew house so do i get to sh- do a shameless plug for a restaurant i mean okay let me it. let me let me ask you this is this where you would take me if i came to new jersey that's one of the places yeah okay i mean it depends on what type of food you want because in my neck of the woods, if you wanted German food, I would take you over to Newportville Inn, which is just over the border in Newportville, Pennsylvania. Okay. It is a, an, an inn that it, it, it predates the revolution, oh, the wow. inn that this place is, is based at. I swear you can, you can see the original structure of the place because it feels like they built around it to add more seating. That's awesome. So, like, one of the seating areas is right by the stone wall that would have been, like, the outside. Oh, cool. Great German food, great German food, fantastic beer. Yeah. I am German, so. And not just a little German, a lot German, apparently. I'm seeing here. Um, I would take you to Hickory Park in Ames, Iowa. 
if you were here. Ooh. So Hickory Park is, is a barbecue and smoke uh, smoke meat place here. Oh. And I would get I would make you eat. And I would not give you a choice on this. I would make you uh, get the combination uh, sampler platter. That's probably where I would have. I would have made a beeline to anyway. So would you? You're would fine. you like you're to know good. what's in this? Yes, please. Slices of smoked beef and turkey with a fourth of a chicken, four bone sample of pork ribs, and a six ounce portion of smoked sausage. Sold. And you can get. Uh, plus, it comes with. How many sides does it come with? I believe it comes with two sides. It's, oh, so. It's pretty freaking fantastic. It's it's not Yeah, I'm looking at some pictures right now and this place looks nice. It's it's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but where you go to well, you don't go to be cheap at, at Hickory Park. You're you're all in at that point. I'll put it that way, but it is fantastic. So they even have like and, a, least- and you have to go there too. If you go on your birthday, do, do they do a special birthday song for you too. So And at least you're getting like what you're paying for at least. Oh yeah, yeah. I've never like I don't mind paying for that. Yeah, I've I've never walked out of a place like Hickory Park and gone. You know what? They screwed me. That steak was only six ounces or anything like. I've not once, not once. That sounds like my. That sounds like a restaurant my grandmother would have loved because she loved to tell people, especially guests, like if you go home hungry, it's your own damn fault. The the tray they bring it out to you on is like a manhole cover. It's Damn awesome. It, man. I really want this now. I really want this now. Uh, Mike Rich from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. All right, we're going to do some time travel here, and uh, Mike will hopefully be back with the Meg. I'm getting too hungry to keep talking about this, so we got to wrap it up. <laughs> I haven't ate lunch either today. Uh, we'll talk about the Meg 2 and the, the Meg 2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> I like it. Uh, the Meg 2. Trent Warfare. And uh, the uh, uh, Hard Target or whatever the hell the John Cena, what's his name, Jackie Chan movie is. Hidden Strike. There it is. All right, everybody. Time travel is complete. We're here on Friday morning, and Mike Race from CinemaBlend.com is on the line with me right now. Real quick, uh, before we get to the movies, I just want to say that uh, I got to watch the Star Trek Strange New episode or Strange New Worlds episode last night. It was a musical, and it was fantastic. I was just about to ask you if it was the musical one because I know they've been. I've heard people talking it up this year. It it was it was kooky in all the best ways Star Trek is. Uh, it it had some really fun parts and it it just it was really good. If you get a chance, watch it. <laughs> They're just really going for it this season, aren't they? Because between that. And the the lower decks episode, it sounds like they're just they're going for it. The it's just well, the thing about it is is they figured out how to do it in a way that makes sense. That yeah, because the musical episode is always that's always the pain in the ass. It's like, is it some sort of enchantment? Is it someone's uh, fever dream? Yeah. what's going on here? And it basically they did it in a way of they they found you know anomaly whatever, and they're trying to communicate through it. And they tried sending a song through it, and that made it react, and it changed reality into like a uh, like a split reality where in this reality, musical numbers are a part of life, and you express all your deepest emotions with it. It was very, it was just really, really well done, and they had some great scenes. It, <laughs> if watch it, that's all I'm gonna. There, yeah, 
So no, no. If only they could have mixed the lower decks episode with the musical episode. Oh, that'd be fun. But anyways, uh, Mike. Ray- oh, by the way, you know how there's always the breakdown of the odd group coming in that uh, like change the number and they're like the bad boys or whatever in the musicals. Yeah, that was the Klingons. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't wait to watch. This. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Mike Graves from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Um, you went and saw the Meg Two last night, Electric Boogaloo, yep. right? Meg Two, the trench. I saw an article this morning, and it was it had a zero percent on Rotten Tomato as of whenever the article was written. Man, a zero. Uh, uh, that's that's I you know I'm gonna look at this right now. Currently, I just I, like- I just pulled it up. The score right now is 28 percent with 75 reviews. Yeah, I was gonna say a zero is like no reviews being recorded or everybody totally flattening it out. And while I'm not gonna say this is a good movie by any stretch, I will say that it seemed more enjoyable than The Meg. Really? Yeah, like just slightly because you've got director Ben Wheatley in the driver's seat this time. And Ben Wheatley has done some wonderfully twisted things. Uh, High Rise is still a film that I'm rather fond of. Uh, Kill List is fantastic. Free Fire can be kind of funny. So it it, it was cool to see a a director of his ilk take on something that's definitely, you know, this is a big blockbuster. He's used to more indie sort of things. It's, Still, a stu- it's still a stupid movie. It's still <laughs> dumb as bricks, but it's still fun. Okay, like a little bit. Like this one felt a little more fun than the Meg one. Meg one, I remember not having that good of a time with. This one, it's like, okay, I'm still eh with this, but it didn't hurt as much. And maybe part of it is just because watching Jason Statham do his thing, and watching the whole cast do their thing in this, it's like. It felt a little more self-aware and it leaned a little more into, okay, we're definitely like a B movie here. So let's, let's have fun with it. Let's, let's live a little more. Okay. But it still felt like, you know, there's yet another scene where, oh no, shark is in a whole up a huge target rich area where it continues to chomp on things. <laughs> and while there, there's definitely like a little more flair to it. Like there's one, there's one part of the scene where you see, inside the shark's mouth and you see people going in and you see people in the shark's mouth. <laughs> like, that's a cool shot. Okay. It's, this doesn't reinvent the wheel or in, 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 it doesn't invest me in this anymore by any stretch. Okay. But it felt like it was a little more fun, a little more aware of what it was doing. Okay. Instead of just sort of marketing itself that way after the fact, which is what the Meg felt like it was doing. All right. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Real quick, I looked up uh, also, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, oh, I was just saying, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I looked up Mutant Mayhem. I just want to see what its ratings were. 95 and 95. Earned. Well earned. I'm telling you, it is. I, I, I know we talked about it yesterday, but it's just such a fun, good movie. And I will tell people, we may still be living in the in the shadow of Barbenheimer, and you may have already done that. And you may be thinking to yourself, what's the next, what's the next double feature I can do? If you want, if you're a 3D fan, go see Turtles, go see the Meg Two in 3D. Both are real fun. With that added, like the Meg Two has some pretty good jump scares in 3D, and then Turtles is just you know animation. 
it's so it's so much easier to do 3D and animation because you you very easily can just generate that, especially yeah. with computer animation. And it's uh, Turtles definitely uses it to its advantage. The Meg Two uses it to its advantage. Just go and have fun in 3D. Because okay. I don't want this format to go anywhere. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. All right, so uh, the other movie came out on Netflix uh, to, uh, last night, today. When when did uh, the Jackie Chan, John Cena movie come out? I don't know when Hidden Strike came out, but I have not watched it yet. Oh, I thought you were going to get to it. I was tr- Look, I the Meg screening last night was okay. <laughs> so I think it's because they're competing for screens with Turtles. So Turtles, when I when, when I went on Tuesday night, was easy enough. It's like, cool, 7.30 show, let's go. I look at the Meg's schedule for yesterday when I bought my tickets in advance, and it's like 3 p.m., 9 p.m. And it's like, ah, I guess which one, I, I wonder which one I'm going to have to go to. So I was there at 9 p.m. last night watching the Meg in 3D, and it's like, Okay, I, I'm I'm not an old man by any stretch, but it's like I really wish this was a seven o'clock movie. Okay. then I could have done this earlier. So all right, we'll get like to I, I, we'll get to that one yeah. next week. We'll get to we'll get to it because it does look like it's a lot of fun. I'll probably try and watch it this weekend while my wife is oh, on I, her girls' trip. Oh, I am so excited to watch this this hidden story. I'm because uh, we were talking about the trailer, and the trailer just looks like insane. Yeah. Like balls to the wall action. Yeah, and some you really do need that, and to have Jackie Chan and John Cena doing that together, it's like, which it's like you're you're looking through a recipe book and you see something where like your favorite ingredients have been put together in such a perfect way. It's like I need to taste this. You know what's interesting about that though? I mean, you look at Jackie Chan who does his own stunts and all this own stuff, and then you have a guy like John Cena who has made a career out of throwing his you know, body around that could make it for a really interesting combination, you know? Oh yeah. And on top of that, both of them are just really funny dudes. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing that really excites me about this is the fact that you've got Jackie Chan and John Cena's comedic timing and action timing. This is the stuff that Jackie Chan banked on so hard in the early days. Like when you had, U.S. distribution for Rumble in the Bronx, and then he started making movies like Rush Hour. Like, this was the formula that was that helped bring him to prominence through the world. Yeah, all it's right. fun. It just looks like fun. No, I, I completely agree, Mike Race from CinemaBlend.com. All right, um, since we don't have that, uh, we'll wrap up this week. Uh, kind of a sadder thing, but we get to uh, have some laughs as we remember uh, Paul Rubens passed away at the age of 70 this week. Yes. Uh, apparently Paul Rubens had been battling cancer for the past couple of years and he never went public with it to the point where when his death was announced this past weekend, they had shared his final net, like he had written a final message to his fans and it was basically along the lines of, I'm sorry, I didn't share this with you. I just wanted you all to know that I appreciate you all. Like something along, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the post right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was just this wonderful, heartfelt message. And I, I, I saw someone say something the other day, and I totally agreed with it. They said, we never gave Paul Rubens the, the reappreciation that he deserved. Yeah, because he... for anybody who, for, who knows him, like he, he almost lost his career because of a a trumped up scandal where he was in a porn theater and 
you know, we, he was caught in a porn theater doing things you do in a porn theater. And it became this moral panic. Like, I remember my parents forbidding me from watching Pee Wee's yeah. Playhouse when that news broke. Oh, I remember. And it was, it turned out to be nothing. But because it was such an age of, again, it was the, the early 90s and all that moral panic in America and uprightness brought that into the fold. And it's like, this really didn't, you didn't need to expose children to this story because... It was it, it was an adult doing, and I don't even know if it was really news, to be honest. It no, it is because it was an "I got you" moment, and that's and it's got in in yeah. our our society even now is probably worse than it was. Yeah. Uh, it you know, like I said, it just comes down to it's an "I got you" moment, and child, you know, uh, uh, child or not child actor, but a uh, guy who plays a character for children, kids, kids show guy. Yeah is caught in a... I mean, because who didn't picture Pee Wee Herman doing that? Because I, I don't know if I could... Other than Mystery Men, I don't know if I could tell you what uh, Paul Rubens looked like. I If you said Paul Rubens, you just automatically thought Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. I mean, he could be known for so much more because, you know, he... He was in the movie that started Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He he plays the Penguin's dad, not only in Batman, but I love that. <laughs> like, just the way he milks that gag. Oh. And then, you know, he plays the Penguin's dad, not only in Batman Returns, but in Gotham. Like, they loved him that much that they brought him back in another incarnation of that character. The dude even did... One of my favorite things that he's done is the the original Star Tours ride. He plays Rex, the the robot that pilots the Star Cruiser. And the stories that have come out about him after his passing are everything you want to hear about someone like him. This is this is another one of those those celebrity deaths that really that really hit me because I loved Pee Wee's Playhouse, Pee Wee's Big Adventure <laughs> as a kid. Like there is a clip from Somebody Feed Phil, and you got Phil Rosenthal. He had this whole tribute to his dad where he had friends of his telling, like, pure jokes that his father would have liked. And Paul Rubens was one of them. And they they reposted that clip, and it just, it, it broke me all over again. And and then I'm I'm looking at his, the final post on his social media presence. And you have Katie Seagal sharing this wonderful story about how they went to CalArts together and all these different memories and things that they did. And this, this is the message that he, he, he had his people post because he pre-wrote it. Uh, Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. And you've got his friends, like Cassandra Peterson, Elvira herself. You've got his friends posting these videos that he would send for their birthdays. Like he would send personalized birthday messages Christmas cards that like he's he never forgot holidays and birthdays with his friends and he just wanted to be weird and he wanted to make people laugh and he wanted people to be happy and I think that's going to be his ultimate legacy and I am going to miss this man and all that weirdness that wonderful weirdness he was putting out Paul Rubens we wish you nothing but the best in the great beyond Mike Reyes from cinemablend.com joins me every Friday on the show Mike, you have yourself a lovely weekend. You too, and may we always remember Paul Rubens, and may we always remember the Alamo. (laughs) Where's the basement?